Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode, I'm talking with Eric Twiggs, who is your procrastination prevention partner. He's an author, podcaster and the founder of the What Now Movement. Eric helps entrepreneurs to ditch their excuses and beat procrastination so that they can make more money, get more done and feel more confident. In our conversation, we explore a number of areas, including the single event that made Eric completely transform his outlook on life, how easy it is to get trapped in life even though we're doing what we think is right, and the most probable reasons as to why you're not getting things done. We also explore the importance of living a life that is focused less on income and more on impact. At the end of this interview, Eric makes an offer a free gift, and it's only for the first 10 people to send him an email. So listen all the way through to find out what that is and what it is that you need to do. Before we get our discussion underway, I would like to uh, make you an offer of a gift of my own. If you go to my website, businessenjoyment.com, you will be able to download a free copy of my latest book, More Than Just Money. In this book, you'll find an explanation of the business enjoyment model, learn how you can use it to find a solution to pretty much any problem you're facing and discover what I really mean when I say that I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. So do check that out but for now sit back, relax, get ready to email Eric to get your free gift and most of all enjoy. So my name is Eric Twiggs. I am your procrastination prevention partner. I'm the author of The Discipline of Now and I'm the host of the 30-Minute Hour podcast. And I help entrepreneurs and executive leaders to ditch their excuses, to beat procrastination, so they can make more money, get more done, and feel more confident. Beautiful. And procrastination is just one of those things that is just an issue for absolutely everybody. So absolutely fantastic. You've got that as your target. Usually there's something in the background where we've had challenges with these sort of stuff. And that's how we've come to learn the the, the things that we teach to others. What, what What's your background? How did you get to be becoming interested in getting people through these blocks and barriers? For me, it started in college. I, it was my senior year at Hampton University. And I talk about this in the book. And I was having this conversation with my good friend, Donnell. Now, Andrew, I have to tell you up front, we were a little different at the time. Donnell was all about his purpose and I was all about the party. <laughs> and he would, he would always give me a hard time. He would say, man, you need to get serious. You need to focus, you need to figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, hey man, loosen up. We have plenty of time for all that. Are you coming to the party with me or not? And so time goes by, we don't speak. And I get a phone call from his mother informing me of the fact that he was killed in a car accident. Okay, wow. Changed everything for me. It sent me a message that maybe I don't have the time that I think to do the things that I wanna do. And so ever since I've really been focused on how I'm spending my time, am I being productive? Am I procrastinating? And it's just evolved from there, but that that's really the foundational experience as to why I'm so focused on overcoming procrastination. Yeah, it's really, you know, so many times we have all these situations that so close or so heart-stopping. And, and for me, the tragedy is when we forget those, we, 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 we ignore them, we, we move past them, we get over them and, and don't hold the lesson that was, that's within that. And yet this, it's such a powerful wake-up call if we, if we take it on board, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you have to listen. I think... Sometimes situations are speaking to you 
and directing you towards on your journey towards purpose. Yeah, the question that's got in my mind, and we'll go into more detail in terms of what you. But now you found your purpose, your passion, and the drive, and that sort of. Are you still finding times to party in there? Is party still part of what you do? Well, maybe not party specifically, but I do think <laughs> I, I do think that you have to build in downtime. Like, like I think you have to to factor in recovery, right? You, you have to factor in pauses, so you're not just working. Because I, I am like the, the the number one candidate for burnout, just just based on my personality. Like I'll just keep going, I'll just keep. I'm just all in. Whatever. If I do something, I'm all in. So I, I know that knowing that about myself and having ba battles with burnout over the years, I literally, I, I schedule in downtime where I'm not working, where I'm just relaxing, I unplug. So I, I do think that's important, but the partying thing may get me in trouble with my wife. So I, I try to cut <laughs> back on that. It might, maybe, we've got different, maybe how we define party might be different as well. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued to know what your partying looks like, but um uh, but I guess I guess when you were in that mode, that you were the sort of that was full in. So it was a it was a it was big parties you were going to. It was a <laughs> that's a great point, right? That's my personality. So yeah, when I party, absolutely, I was all in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the flip side is someone else is all about parties. That's where they need to find their purpose. And if they're all about purpose, you need to bring a little bit in. It's getting the, the right balance for you, isn't it? So, oh sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so so you 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 had this rude awakening. How long did it take you to, to go through that reflexive process to sort of absorb what happened and find your way to move forward and where you were going? It's interesting. I thought the message was that initially, I thought the message was that I need to become a successful and I need to make money. And I need to climb corporate ladder, ladder as quickly as possible because tomorrow's not promised. So I, so I pursued that and I, I was in automotive service and I had gotten to a point in my career where you could argue that I was successful. I mean, I, I was making good money. I had the nice car. I was a district manager at 17 locations, 500 employees working for me, winning awards and all those kinds of things. But I'll never forget this. I'm, I'm driving in my car and the great BMW at the time, and I'm sitting at the light. And I remember looking in the rear view mirror and the eyes that were looking back at me were those of someone who hated what he was doing. Wow. Again, that, that sent me a message. That sent me a message that sometimes impact is more important than income. Mm. So I felt like I was making an income, but I didn't feel like I was having an impact. Mm. What was it about that, that particular moment? I mean, it was what, what came around then that made you sit back and go, oof. Well, it just, you know, I, I was going through the motions. I, I just realized that, I, that I, I wasn't really into what I was doing. And I, I just remember like, so as a district manager, I would have to visit these different locations. And, and I remember it just being harder and harder to get out of the car. <laughs> it's like, I, I would find reasons not to get out. Oh, yeah, straight this. But, but, but then at, at that moment, it's like it all came to a head. You know what? I really don't like this. This isn't really something that I feel a passion for. This is mm. something I'm doing. This is something you could argue that I'm good at, but I, I don't really feel like I'm, I'm making a difference. I don't feel like I don't look forward to doing this. Like I, like I remember those days I would push the snooze button pretty regularly, but, say, but it's like it all came to a head in that moment. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the, the little clues are building up, but they don't until they all come together in one one hit. You don't really uh, take notice of what they're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 so, how did you then shift from traditional success to impact? So, I, I really, I had to do some self discovery. I, I I started thinking about when did I feel like I was making an impact, and it was and whenever I thought about it, it was always when I was speaking to a group. So there was a part of my career path where I was a corporate trainer. And I remember those days because I would think, man, you know, this is just, you know, what, what if I just did this all day, every day? You know, and I was like, I can't imagine. There are people that just get paid to do this all the time. Man, this is great. I, I, I would have those thoughts. And it was always when I was speaking to a group where I really felt like I was fulfilled and I was having an impact. But now I told you I'm your procrastination prevention partner. So you would think that I just, Went to it right away? No. <laughs> I, I actually, I procrastinated for like three years because I, like, I got to a point where I realized that I wanted to be a prof in the professional speaking space. I wanted to be a professional speaker. But then all of a sudden, I started talking to myself and saying, well, what are you going to say that hasn't been said already? Who's going to pay you to come in and talk to their people? Who do you think you are? You think you're Les Brown? You think you're Tony Robbins? And I started having these negative thoughts. So there was like a three-year time period where I really didn't move on this new idea that I had. Where were those thoughts coming from? I just think it was, it was just me. I think anytime, and I've talked to other people that I've coached over the years, a lot of times when, you, when you're looking to do something that's aspirational, you get that negative voice inside your head that's trying, because you know, think about it, your brain is always trying to protect you. Right. Like if you go on a long run, your brain is telling you, oh, we should really stop. But but you really have farther that you can run. But your brain is just wired to protect you from danger. So a lot of times when you're pursuing something that's aspirational, that's going to move you forward, you, that your brain starts talking again. Oh, I don't know. Are you sure? What if this? Had... But, but I think you, you have to keep that that in perspective. And then also, I think it helps to be to make to watch your, the people around you. Because sometimes you'll have people around you that'll confirm that, that'll say, oh, Eric, come on, you, know, you really think you can do that? Uh, so so I, I think that's, that's really where it, the, where it came from. Mm, yeah, and because and, we've all had different backgrounds, experiences from our parents, from our society. And as you say, the, those voices that are coming, we've have been built into us over time from various aspects start accumulating inside. And, and I think it's critical what you say there about the fact that it's there to protect us. Yeah, I think you have, to, you have to put them in the right perspective. Yeah. Right? Everything you feel isn't necessarily a fact, right? Every, every thought, you don't have to act on every suggestion. <laughs> that would be insanity, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it took you three years to get through those voice, uh, you know, get, getting through the voices, getting to the point where you can actually start becoming a, uh, a professional speaker what how much was that was was training and practice and getting good at what you were doing and how much was working on the voices to to allow you to free yourself up to do something which you probably could have done right at the start yeah so yeah for me it was about perfectionism right that that's something i have to always watch for because i you know sometimes you get into this thing where you feel like you need to have everything figured out before you start moving yeah, okay I'll, you know once i figure out how how i would get people to bring me in, what I would talk about, blah, blah, blah. as opposed to just focusing on what, what's something I can do right now. You know, I, I can make a phone call right now, right? I can, I can do a Google search right now. 
And, and so the key thing I, I try to teach people is that you can't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. And that's what I was doing. I had allowed perfect to become the enemy of progress. Finally, I said, the least I can do is join Toastmasters. You join, I, I can join Toastmasters International. Hey, I, I have a passion about speaking. I feel like I make an impact. I can go speak and just let's see what happens. And finally, that's when things started to change. I joined Toastmasters. And then once I got to Toastmasters, I met someone who trained professional speakers. He had like a whole training program. I started working with him. And he gave me one idea. I, I implemented his idea and it literally paid, it paid for his whole course. Just, <laughs> just this one idea he gave me. And so I said, okay, there's something to this. And then people kept telling me, Eric, you know, you need to join the National Speakers Association. That'd be a good idea for you. So I did that. And, and then I met, you know, one of my mentors who went on to write the forward to my book and really helped me to take the next step. So all of the steps started to reveal themselves once I took the first one. Mm. As a fellow member of Toastmasters, I can heartily recommend it as a very safe space to go just to, if you've got fears, overcome those fears, but practice what you've got as well. So it's a great place to get feedback and, and improve, improve on your natural skills. That's um, a, a very, very worthy organization. Uh, so, and, and how did you form the concept of, of focusing on procrastination as being the key thing that you wanted to help people with? It's interesting. So in Toastmasters, I had mentors and I would, I would, I would compete in these speech contests. And we, we were starting to notice a pattern that most of my speeches had something to do with time, time management, not procrastinating. Yeah. And, and it's finally, cause, cause that's the, when you're starting out as a speaker, the biggest challenge is picking a lane and not being everything to everybody. And so that was a challenge for me. But then at, the, at several mentors, I would tell them, you know, you, you talk about time management a lot. I mean, that, that, that sounds like that's your thing. And then they were confirmed it. As I remember, I did a trade show and I had, this is the first, like one of the first ones I had done. And I had these audio CDs that I had made. By the way, that, that was the idea that my, uh, he said, look, you know, you, you, when you're speaking, just record yourself, you know, have it edited, you know, and then sell it. And I did so, and I, I sold one on overcoming procrastination, and they would, they literally flew off the shelf. I mean, people were like, no, I need to get one for my father, my sister. Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing. I, I mean, I literally couldn't keep it. And that was like confirmation for me that this was, you know, this was the lane that I was supposed to be in. Now I felt it, you know, on the inside, but then I went to this trade show and then whenever I would talk about overcoming, it just seemed like it just struck a nerve with people. So it was just, that, that was kind of the confirmation that this was where I was supposed to be. Were you conscious when you were coming up with these time management speeches that it was something that was important to you and why it was, and why it was important to you? Or did that only come afterwards in, in retrospect? I, I think it just it came out over time. I just knew that this time management thing was just always, it was like the, the music that was playing in the background ever since that incident with, uh, with Donnell. Um, but... But yeah, over time, and it's easy to, we talk about impact, it's easy to un underestimate the impact that you're having. You know, we all go through things as a speaker, even as a podcast host, where maybe you don't get a whole lot of likes, or maybe you don't get a whole lot of the, the number of downloads, and you think you're not having an impact. But then there's that person who comes up to you and says, hey, you know what, several years ago, I purchased your audio, 
And because of that, I listened to what you said and I went, and that's why I'm in business today because I started my business after listening to you. I was procrastinating. I heard your audio and now I have this business. And that that's, you know, so, so you, you can never underestimate the impact that you're having. Yeah, and I say you just you some yeah. Uh, there'll be things you don't even know happened, <laughs> uh, and and if if stuff feeding back to you, then there's probably ten times that has actually happened in reality because it doesn't all get fed back, isn't it? That's a great point. That's a great point, right? So if one person is saying that to you, and you you just help me, you know? <laughs> so if one person is saying that to you, there could be nine, ten others or more that feel the same way. And I think that's a good way to, because sometimes it's a lonely journey. Yeah. Like when you're creating things, a lot of times you're, you're alone, you're on this island and there's not a lot of people that understand what it's like to bring something to fruition from nothing. It's hard to understand. So sometimes you think you're not having an impact, but you just have to trust that you really are. And I think the other thing is that you, you have to understand that it's not just about you. It's about that person. So not doing it, so procrastinating, you're impacting that person, getting the impact from you. Mm, absolutely, and, and, and it rolls on again, because you know what they learn, they'll pass on to other people and the ripple spreads. Sure. Uh, absolutely. And um, I, I mean, in the, in the last sort of year or so, obviously things have shifted. Uh, we had the issues with pandemics and all that kind of stuff. How's that impacted what you're doing? Have you kind of been able to carry on as normal? Has it just got more stuff online? Has it changed the way you're going to do things going forward? What's, what, how's that changed your, had any impact on you at all, really? It's made, it made major changes. Uh, we've actually founded, so I'm the president of the What Now movement. And we started this movement right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was around April of 2020 because I'm the president and I have two business partners who are my vice presidents. And in our different walks, like I would meet someone, for example, who's a comedian. And he would say, you know, I can't go to the comedy store or the improv anymore because it's closed due to the pandemic. And, and Or I would meet somebody that's in a restaurant, that owns a restaurant, or somebody who's a speaker. I can't get, I can't get a thousand people in a ballroom anymore. So I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until things get back to normal. And that's the last thing you need to do. So the, really the question is, you should be asking yourself, what now? And then, so when you're asking yourself, what now? Now it forces you to pivot. So since the pandemic has started and we've had to go virtual, we, we created this Facebook group that's just growing like crazy. We're up close to 1600 people. Um, it's just continually growing. We do master classes on different topics. But the whole thing is to inspire people to pivot and ask themselves, what now? Because there's going to be something else. This, so we have the pandemic today, but down the road, there's going to be another crisis that we didn't anticipate. The key is you just can't stop. So yes, I've been creating content and creating other podcasts. And <laughs> yeah, so it's a, actually, I've been busier during the pandemic than normal. And I think you know, I'm totally on board with that because it's very easy to get into that almost victim mentality and, and say, when's the government going to help me in? When's the outside world going to change? But it all comes back to self, doesn't it? You, you're responsible for yourself and responsible for your actions and, 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 your, and your outcomes. And, and it comes back, you know, asking that question, what now? Just makes you think, right, what do I need to do now to take my next step to move forward? And without any support from anybody else, what's up to me? 
and then look for help to, to the steps along the way, but it always comes back to self. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and I guess if people just search for what now in Facebook, they'll be able to track the group down. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. They um, and I can certainly send you the links if people want to go click on the link. But yeah, if they just go on Facebook and type in the What Now movement, then they'll find it's a it's a private group. We all, we have a public page as well, but we have a in the private group you can interact with the other people in the group. I mean, literally, we have podcast hosts, authors, speakers from around the world in this group. And, you know, we, they share, they share ideas and best practices. And we do that. We have, we allow people to go live with inspirational videos just to keep people motivated and inspired. That's brilliant. And, and, and how, how, with everything that's going on at the moment and where you are now, and obviously, you know, the future's uncertain, but what's your vision of what you want to achieve? What's your goal in terms of what you want to do for the world and the real impact you want to make? Yeah, I want to impact as many people as possible. So, so my vision is I'd like to uh, 10 million or more people. I, I want to direct, I want to impact and help them to move uh, towards their goal. I want, I want to inspire 10 million or more people to move in the direction of their goal. So if there's someone who's procrastinating or if there's someone that's saying, oh, you know, I'm just going to wait until things get back to normal. No, I, I want to inspire that person to start moving and start pivoting and pick up the phone, check Google, call a mentor. So that, that's really my vision. So there's a lot of ways to get to that 10 million number. It could be through the book. It could be through the podcast. It could be through what now movement, but uh, that's, that's my vision. Mm. There's a big thing for me in, in trying to find that purpose, trying to, when people are trying to find their, their mission and that sort of thing is that a lot of people live in a, well, let's go back to you. You were living in party mode, you know, not listening, not listening to Dinell, and then it needed something really severe and drastic for you to wake up and take notice. And part of me thinks, do we have to have something serious and drastic to happen? So my, my question to you is, what would have got through to you when you were in party mode that didn't involve the loss of Dinell? Great question. I, I think... I think it helps to really pay attention to, you have to pay attention to your body, I think. Like, like a lot of times those, in, those internal signals, those feelings, it's like, like you can feel, like I, I know for myself, like even looking back in those days, I could feel when I was off track, right? But it, it, it's all about paying attention. Um, but I, I think for me in that time, it would have taken something to get my, because, you know, you change when, the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of moving forward, right? And I think that's just how we're wired. Mm. So I think, unfortunately for me, it would have taken something major, like you know, getting laid off from a job. It would have had something really kind of as a wake-up call for me to change because, well, you know, what I was doing was working for me. I was having a great time. You know, I was I was getting by. I had friends. I mean, things were going well for me. So there was, I, I wouldn't have seen an urgent need to, to make the change. But again, I would, I would caution, I mean, you don't, have, you don't have the time. And ideally, you know, it shouldn't take that major life experience for you to start pursuing your purpose. Really, anybody that's watching or listening now should be thinking about what their purpose is right now and paying attention to those body signals 
Uh, and you, you know, like you've been on a job where you it's just in your you just know this just isn't right. Uh, you you know within yourself that little voice is talking to you. It, I, just pay attention to that. Yeah, and and it's exactly as you say the. the it's that safety of it's like I'm okay. It's 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 not too bad. I can tolerate. I can cope with this. It's it's a bit of a niggle going on there and a few whispers going on. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm getting paid. I'm partying. I'm having good time. So that must be all all right. But those little whispers are the thing that will come back and and and, and haunt you in the in the future. But um, but it, it it feels unusual to challenge the thing that ticks all the boxes of society's definition of success, isn't it? Oh, sure. uh, so. That's a great run through, really powerful in terms of the, the way that you, you've taken a, a traumatic situation ultimately and, and made something out of it, converted it through the, the trauma into a, a, a purpose-filled uh, career, which is a, based on helping other people get what they need as well. Very powerful stuff and some beautiful tips in there. If you'd wrap it all together and, uh, and just answer the question I ask of all podcast uh, interviews, um, Eric, what uh, what makes your bits tingle? <laughs> that is that is a great question. <laughs> that's that's probably one of the best worded questions. <laughs> but no, I'll tell you, we have got to talk about it. It's it's that it, having that impact. So for me, having an impact is like if you if you go to the golf course and you know how you, you're playing golf, you have one of those games, and the ball goes to the left, the ball goes to the right, the ball goes to the water, and but then. You, you hit that one shot that just goes straight down the fairway. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I know. I'm not gonna give this, I'm not gonna give the sport of golf up. You know, <laughs> there is, I need to continue because I need to do that more. But but that's what having an impact is like for me. So whenever I'm, you know, we, we said earlier, you just never know who you're impacting. You never know who is hearing your message. And so when knowing that people, are, their lives are changing, because they heard something I said, or they heard me on a podcast, or uh, they may be watching me right now. That that's what does it for me. That that's that's what keeps me going. I love that metaphor. It's fantastic. And uh, if anybody needs to track you down, Eric, obviously you found about the Facebook group, but but at you specifically, what uh, any websites, social media, what what should they be doing to track you down and find out more about what you're up to? So they can go to my website, thedisciplineofnow.com thediscipleofnow.com. And they can pick up a copy of my book, The Discipline of Now. It's available in paperback, uh, ebook, and audio format. And, and I, I'll even do something special just for your podcast followers. So, so if you email me, eric at ericmtwigs.com, and say you heard me on this show, I will send you a free, the first 10, first 10 people that do it now. So you, you can't procrastinate. <laughs> if you're number 11, you know, you may miss out. So the first 10 people that email me saying that they saw me on this show, I will send you a, a free audio version of my book, The Discipline of Now. Does it count if I'm number one? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so that, so that means people need to know it because there's only nine more. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Eric and I'll put all the stuff in the show notes and, and get those out as well so that, uh, if people didn't catch that then just look at the, the detail on the podcast and we'll capture all that information um, Eric it's been an absolute pleasure keep doing what you're doing um, really appreciate uh, you spending some time with us and uh, telling us about what your mission is thank you very much hey Andrew thank you it's truly been an honour these podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers I want you to think about 
what's been said, what's come up, and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>